morning, everyone. Good to see some nice smiling faces out there. There was a man who bought his dream apartment. And it was on the 20th floor of the apartment. And it was a high-tech one. It had the latest gear in it, everything you could wish for. And on the, phone, on the wall, there were these phones also that you could get in touch with the reception area, who they wanted, or if reception ever needed to get in touch with that person in that apartment, they'd just ring, they'd just call. Anyway, the man comes home from work, as he normally does, and he goes right up there in the elevator, closes the door, shuts the whole world out, sick of the world, puts his Netflix on, gets his beer out the fridge, begins to watch whatever he was watching. Feet up, life is good. And an hour later, the phone on the wall began to call. And he's going, gling, 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 gling. And he's looking at it saying, oh, please go away. I've had such a bad day. Go, please. And it continued to ring. And he continued to ignore it. And it was going on for half an hour, 45 minutes. He switched the TV up as loud as he could, the volume, and it was still calling, calling, calling. In the end, he got his Bluetooth headphones on and shut it all out. And he can see it still calling, calling, calling. <clears throat> An hour later, he was dead. You see, the side of the building had begun to catch fire from the fifth floor. And the reception were ringing him and calling and saying, leave the building. There are two exits available. They were calling and calling and calling. But he ignored the call. The call that could have saved his life. He realized he was in trouble, opened the door, could see the flames, could feel the smoke, went to every exit possible. But the only exit that was available to him was now covered in flames, and he died. You see, if he could have only picked up the phone and received the call, he would have been able to exit, and his life would have been saved. You know, throughout my life, when I became a Christian, I heard the gospel, and I was moved to the point of responding to Christ. And many of you can sit there and profess the same thing. I did not ignore the call of Christ. I was in a bad way, and I'm so thankful that I received the call. And so thankful I responded to it. And you know, throughout my lifetime, you know Jane and I have been missionaries, missionaries to Spain. It's a beautiful place. If you ever have the opportunity, go. It's a beautiful place. And we had a calling on our lives to go and witness to this nation. But I've been asked over the times, what is the call? What is the call? Well, I want to share with you some verses about the call, because believe it or not, you are all called. 
People driving on the highway now are called. That phone is going on their lives. Pick up, pick up, pick up. But they're ignoring the call. And this is my little red book. It's the only book of its kind because I don't write in books. I'm not a guy that writes. You know, I'm not one of those. But this is my journal. And it starts from 1994, which is incredible. I can actually read my own writing. That's more incredible as I look through it. And I'm going to read this, and then I'll come back to it, hopefully, if I don't forget, right at the end, because I do forget, you know. 23rd of September, 1994, Mark 6. It says, God has so made me aware of how acceptance within my own town or even within my own country is so hard and so difficult and seems so unfruitful. Not because I believe of my unfaithfulness, but because people just will not respond to Christ. Even my own family have seen and heard my testimony. They have seen the change in me, but they yet refuse the call. I'm tired. And we'll leave that there just for now. And I'm going to share some verses that I find in here that have touched my life and helped me not only to receive the call, but to take that call to others. You might have to do this, Bruce, as we figured. It's not going to work for me this morning, but I'll follow. Can you do the next slide, Bruce, please? There we go. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call the sinners to repentance. You see, Jesus came to call people to him. And there is not one acceptance where we say, no, I'm not going to call you. Everybody is being called by Christ to come and accept him, to receive him as their Lord Jesus and their Lord and, their Lord and Savior, their Messiah. And that's what I did. I responded and said, I'm going to receive your call. Next slide, Bruce, please. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Now, over the years, have I, as I read more into this, I understand that it is a little bit bigger than just one person becoming a new creation. God's people, nations coming to be new creations. But I responded to this also. I realized that I could not live the same life as I lived before. The old is gone. 
the new is here. And I was banging my head on the wall literally for years and saying, what is wrong with my family that they cannot see this in me? Am I actually doing this or am I still living my old life that they do not see the change in me? I talked to my mum about Christ. Endless conversations with her. And when she died, we went to the flat where she lived and obviously I'm totally gone. And I see at the side of her chair where she used to sit the Bible and the daily bread. And my hope is that she responded to the call. I have to have that hope. Not because I'm in denial about the truth, but because I have the hope in the truth. Just bear with me. I'm going to have to try and get these working because I'm going to lose my track if not. I need to see what's coming next. Thank you. Give me the next slide then for now, Bruce. We've got our technician working on this. <laughs> I tell you, it always works for Bo. Me, nothing. But seek then first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. But you know, not the things of the old life, but the new things that he has waiting and in store for you. And this verse to me was so relevant because if I'm going to be a true follower and I can say that I have responded to your call, what does that mean? Well, I have to seek, thank you, Bo, your kingdom. I have to seek the things of God. I can't be a hypocrite. But what things does he have for me? Am I looking at a prosperity verse here? Am I going to get everything that I've ever wished for? Well, no. Actually, it's going to be a hard, hard journey. But all those things will be given to you as well. And I soon found out what those things were. Because if we are living within the will of God, you will see things happen. You will see great things by his Holy Spirit. You will see people that you love change. I am still hopeful for my family. I will not give up on my family. My father is 88 years old. Oliver keeps asking me every day, have you spoken to your dad about Christ? <laughs> have you spoken to your dad about Christ? And yes, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I can try till I'm blue in the face. It is the Holy Spirit that convicts, not me. But I am a witness. I am a witness. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. I was a great fan of the band, The Sex Pistols. Anybody hear them? I was a great lover of gothic music. I loved the darkness of it. But how can you continue to like something that is so dark when you've been brought out of that into the light? You can't. You can't compromise the truth. You can't compromise light with darkness. You're either one or the other. Have you noticed you can't mix the two and say, oh yeah, that's a middle darkness or a middle light? No. 
Oh, you can dim the lights a bit and hide. But no, you're either light or you're darkness. Very, very clear. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I thought, but God, can I have a little bit of that treasure on earth too? That'd be nice. No, that's the selfish treasure that I would be looking for. For where your treasure is also is your heart. And this morning, I'm going to be honest as usual. When I first did this sermon, and I'm going to show you how, how we've got to be careful. When I was going through it yesterday, it was all about me. Things that I thought I achieved, and it's all about me. I had this ready, that ready. And I get a little bit upset about it because it hit me yesterday. The internet has been out for two days in our house and it was a good thing because I came here and I realised it's all about Paul Whittaker. And then again, I had to respond to the call. Paul, when you stand up Sunday morning, who is it about? It's about Christ. So you've responded to the call. You've opened your heart up to Christ. You want the things of God. But then this happens, this word, desire. Then you have to ask yourself the question, and this is where I was in 1993, 94. What is my desire? And then I change and say, no, I know what my desire is. I'd like to go out drinking and take a day off from being a Christian. Paul says, don't give up on doing good. I'd like to stop doing good for a change because it gets difficult. And then, but God, what is your desire? There's a difference between the two. What is your desire? Do we know what God's desire is? Well, our desire should be this, to please God, not to please man. I've been in trouble many a times because I haven't been the man pleaser. And I don't apologize. I want to please my God, not out of fear, not because I have to check a box. I want to because it's my desire to. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home or in body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we make it our goal to please him. It is getting more difficult by the hour, by the day, by the week, by the month to respond to this because of the lifestyles we are living. We live in a world of entertainment and I know we go on about it. Everything's at the push of a button. We can't take a day off from being a follower of Christ. We can't. And if we do, then we have to look at our heart and look at our desires. 
What is your desire? Well, is it to please God? For we must all appear before him, don't forget. But it's interesting, at home, in the body, or away from it. Now, that has a couple of different meanings, but imagine it was like this too. Even when you're not in front of people, or you're away from people, what happens when you close the door is really important. Is your desire still for God? Or do you leave the desire on the doormat? Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it's here for me. And it's not meant to be heavy. There's hope. It's about truth. It's about salvation. It's about the one who cared enough to send his son, Jesus Christ. It's not meant to be heavy. But for me, it's a little impactive and a little bit of emotional. And then, desire to serve others. Is your desire to serve others? Do you have the desire to serve others? Jesus came to serve others. He showed his disciples we are here to serve. He washes his disciples' feet as a sign to say, you are here to serve. If you have the desire that God has, then it is desire his desire that you are here to serve. And what does that look like? Well, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We all have different gifts and abilities in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God, not replacing God, but the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, not your own strength. You'll burn out very quickly. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. There's probably many of you, many of you here, I don't know if you've ever thought, well, where do I fit in to the community that I'm involved in? Maybe this church. Where do I fit in? Could God use me to serve? Yes, he can. How? I don't know. That's something you go to God with. And so I'm asking myself this, all these questions and I'm getting these verses and I'm thinking, God, I know you're doing something in my life. I know, I know, I love you. I have never backslidden in all my life, Rob. <laughs> With a hint of sarcasm. I've backslidden because I lost the desire. I lost my first love and I looked in the mirror and said, you know what? I'm going to love you, Paul Whitaker, more than I do Christ. But he keeps calling. He keeps calling. And it doesn't leave you. Have you noticed your backslide, but it's still there in the background. Ling, ling. It's still there. It doesn't leave. Ling, ling. Until it gets on your nerves so much. Yes, I'm back. I'm sorry, I'm back. Of course. I know. And it's a sign that God is still there for you. Two years I was in the wilderness. 
And when I look back, I can still see where God was. He wouldn't let me go. Desire to share the gospel. Now, I could be very judgmental and say, I don't get it why a person wouldn't have a desire to share the gospel. But I understand why. Because sometimes it's difficult. We're not all Paul Whitakers, we're not all Bose or Josephs or Je- I understand that. We're different, right? But there's so many ways you can share the gospel. We're doing it with this wonderful family from Afghanistan at the moment. They know who we are. Hopefully, they're seeing Christ in us. But do we have a desire to share the gospel? And I suppose, me, I I tend to preach the same kind of thing sometimes. It's because I can't get away from the gospel and what Christ is and what he is to others, but this carrying on on the I-20 there, not bothering. On our knees, how do we share your gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ? How do we do that, God? How can I do that, God? Then the desire, oh, back there again, sorry, I need the verse, sorry. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. I love this, now this began to speak to me, my pages. I have always been, it's been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. It's remarkable. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. In other words, I'm going to go to the places where Jesus Christ has never been heard of, and even if he has, they're going to hear it again, because God does not stop calling. And then, a desire to seek the lost. A desire to seek the lost. When I was a kid, I was a nightmare. I would go to the shops or the stores, that's places we actually walk into, right? Back in the day, you'd go down the high street and there's hundreds of people in these stores and walking about down this beautiful street. As soon as I had the chance, I'd be holding my mum's hand. As soon as I had the chance, I'm gone. My mum is in despair. Does she go home and say, how's your day been, love, to my dad? Oh, all right, how's your day been? Oh, I've lost Paul today. <laughs> Where do you think he is then? Well, I don't know. <laughs> no. Her love for me and her passion and her heart for me is... I have to act quickly and find him. One time, Charlotte, you're not going to believe this because I know when you look at me, it's hard to believe, right? There were about eight police cars all over the town. Sirens on, they thought I'd been kidnapped. My dad's on his mum's bike with a little basket in the front and he's riding Looks something out of the Wizard of Oz, right? And he's riding all around town. And it's a busy town. It's a coastal town. I'm eight years old. And what am I doing? I still remember it. I'm looking at all the shops. <laughs> Wondering how I can steal an ice cream without them noticing. 
I'm in Maryland. I'm clueless to what's happening behind the scenes. These people lost are clueless to what's happening behind the scenes. And then who finds me? Not PC Plod, but my dad on a bike. And it was the most embarrassing ride home I've ever had in my life, Mike. I was sat literally in the basket with my dad with a face like thunder and he's going 80 miles an hour on his bike around the streets. So embarrassing. How could you do that, dad? Still have nightmares about it. If I ever see a basket, I start sweating. Would you like to come to our basket work class, Paul? No. Bad memories. But the reality of it is, I was lost and I was found. I was found by who? Not by the policeman, not by the stranger, not even by my mum, by my father. The father calls the lost. Nobody else. And sends his son to do that for him. What is your desire this morning? Is it for the lost? Is it for the gospel? Is, it, is your desire for God? Is my desire for God? Do I have to check in every morning and say, what is my desire today? Well, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Came to serve, but his goal was to save the lost. And the story's not over. He is still saving the lost. Five minutes and then we're going to come to this, which is going to be great. So let's just recap. Desire to please God, desire to serve others, desire to share the gospel, and the desire to seek the lost. Those are God's desires. They should be our desires. You might not become a missionary, but I like what Joseph said, you should be a witness. You might not be the most talented guy in the world, but you are a witness. And then I responded when I heard this preach by Harry Letson, way back in Manchester. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. I went home and said, here am I, send me. My family's not listening to me, send me. You know the story. This is where we ended up. Figueres, Spain, the capital of the commerce of Alt Emporia, in the province of Girona, Catalonia, Spain. The town is the birthplace of the artist Dali and houses the theatre museo Gala Salvador Dali, a large museum designed by Dali himself, which attracts many visitors. Attracts many visitors. Wow, we're going to a place that attracts many visitors, and it's the town of 46,381. The reason I say that, because that one is still important. And so, I love Julius Caesar. I love Rome. I'm going with this. Anybody know what this is? Any scholars out there? Yes, we know what it is. And I'm thinking, right, I know you're calling me, and this is what I'm going to do. Like Julius Caesar, veni, vidi, visi. It's attributed to him and Rome, and it means this. I came, I saw, I conquered. I thought I was going to go and then I was going to conquer Figueres and Spain, that I was the answer. 
with all my gifts and talents. Not so. I soon found out Spain was known as the missionary's graveyard. The average missionary in Spain, and Bo can testify to a certain amount, he has a friend who was in Madrid, is 18 months at best. Most leave after 12 months because it's so full of idolatry. 98% Catholicism. You want to build a church, you want to be Pentecost, whatever you want to be, well, they see you as a sect or a cult. They try and stop you, try and shut you down. The odds are against you, but the odds aren't against Christ because Christ was still in control. But we were there 20 years. I didn't go, I didn't conquer. And when I look back, I think, what did I do? The heartache. The return, Raffaello and me. This guy on the left, he was witnessed to by the missionary there for 16 years. He taught him English and they were always talking about God and he loved it, he loved the conversation. Very intelligent man, really intelligent. I went, I took over the classes, 18, 19 years, still talking about Christ. And I'm thinking, what on earth is going on? Come on. You know the truth. I eventually invited him to the church. He actually attended the church. A few weeks later, he gave his life to Christ. And we're like, whoa, this is so good. I'm actually seeing something, a little bit of fruit here. I'm seeing something. And then a knock on the door. About three months later or so, Raphael standing at the door, he said, Paul, with tears in his eyes, I can no longer be a Christian. I can no longer have English classes off you. I'm sorry. And he left. And I didn't see him for weeks. He would not respond to the call, my call. He would not pick up the telephone. And I'm distraught and distressed. I'm saying, God, is that it? 17 years, 18 years, is that it? God, is that all you've got for me? Out of all the seeds that were planted... And then, knock on the door a few weeks later, Raphael, tears in his eyes. I'm so sorry, Paul. And he came in and told me the story. He'd seen something on TV. And he said, I don't want this. I don't want to be this. Unfortunately, he saw something pretty bad on TV and connected us with that. But he soon realized as he began to pray that Christ revealed, hey, it's me, it's me. It's not even Paul Whittaker, it's me. And he came and he repented and he came back to the church. And we eventually put him in the Baptist church where he felt most comfortable. And before I left, I preached my last preach. And I said this, 20 years has been worth it just to have done this the baptism of Raphael. I'm skinny and young. I'm still skinny, but old now. He was the youth pastor on your left there that I went to help and train. He became the pastor. 
But Raphael said this, I want to be baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, right, we'll do it, but let's wait till summer. February came. It was the worst storms that had hit the Mediterranean. That beautiful golden beach is array with, I don't know, plastics, trees and everything. And he said, I want to get baptised. We end up there. The waves are 10 foot tall. said, oh, death wish. I haven't got one. <laughs> He said, we're doing it. And we did it and it was freezing. And we went into the water and the waves are coming. He went missing <laughs> for a few minutes and I'm, and I'm going, I'm thin. He's a, he's a, then I saw his moustache come up first. I said, what is it? Grab the moustache, anything, grab, take him. <laughs> we got him. And then we said, you're about to have to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost, let's get out of here. <laughs> Quickest baptism I've ever... <laughs> Sorry, Spark. <laughs> That's not going to happen today, Bo. The water is calm. So as we begin to call the kids down, what can we learn? It's not about us. We can have some fun, but it is about the lost. What is your desire today? It's about the lost. And I tell you, we could not end Missions Month with anything better than what we are about to do right now. And that is baptise three people in Christ's name. So we're going to respond. Those who can stand, please stand. And let's respond. Let's give God the glory. Let's give Jesus Christ what he deserves. Let's give him the worship. And let's respond and sing his praises. Mm -hmm.